Thanks for downloading this podcast. podcast. It's for personal use only and must not be rebroadcast, reproduced or used in any form without permission. Tell your friends they can get their own copy by searching iTunes for Radio Le Mans or visiting RadioLeMans.com. Well, here we are. We've arrived back at Mount Panorama at Bathurst, the high-tech oils Bathurst six-hour, the production car race. James O'Brien is with me. We're looking down onto the straight at the moment. In a little while, I'm going to have a wander up the pit lane with Richard Creel and bring you our full preview of the weekend's action. First of all, James, congratulations. You've done it again. You've pulled together a cracking field. Are you happy? With how it's looking this year? Satisfied. I'd say uh, C plus, Hindy. <laughs> <laughs> You're hard on yourself. <laughs> yeah, look, I think the field's sort of, um, it's a little smaller than last year, but if you look through it, it's probably filtered out a few uh, a few cars that probably shouldn't be here. Well, mm. that might be a bit harsh, but um, so, yeah, the old quality over quantity, I think it could make for a better race on, uh, on Sunday, hopefully. A few less bloody safety cars. How important is it to keep the production car classes at the mountain? I think, in their case, this is what makes their season in terms of um, uh, makes the whole concept of the Prodi cars viable. If, if you know, Without being at the mountain, they're going to struggle year-round at other venues. This is sort of the, the honeypot that gets guys to... Uh, build cars, buy cars, and then come to this, and then hopefully they'll, that'll flow on to, uh, to other production car championships, whether it's national or, or state. The issue, I suppose, that you'll, you'll find nowadays is the same as the guys had in the States in what was then the Continental Tire Sports Car Championship. Modifying production-based cars now is actually quite difficult. The engineering side of it, in terms of exhausts, manifolds, putting a roll cage in, that sort of stuff. That hasn't changed. But the amount of electronics in streetcars nowadays gives people a real challenge. Yeah, I think we've seen that over the last few years. That's what's causing most of the problems. We saw that with the, the BMW in particular, uh, but other cars. Yeah, a few years ago, cams finally got their act together and sort of said we need to standardise a set of rules that everyone will use. And they're not perfect, but at least now... You know, we're using them, the National Series are using them, and the state are using them. So the, at least the rules are consistent in that regard. Um, you know, the next step is to get all the cars in terms of eligibility and classes aligned as well. So it's, it's happening, um, but, um, you know, the national category are allowing production sports in. Um, I don't personally agree with that, so it doesn't happen here. Therefore, it can't be a round of the championship. So. Uh, what... Um, what? What does that mean? What, what's the, the differential between production and production sports? Well, yeah, between production touring and production sports, in, in simple terms, is you know, two seats versus four, basically. Right. Right. In the most simplistic terms, there's a few other dimensions around it, but, you know, but, you know, is, the, you know, is the Lotus a production touring? Is it a production sports? You know, the Cayman, is it GT4 or is it production mm. sports? Or do they allow it in the production touring? They're, they're sort of grappling with that at, at the moment. So um, a little bit to go in that area. But hopefully we'll, we'll be consistent across you know, all the classes. Now, this, this is one of a, a number of events that you and Yeehaw Events uh, are to undertake here at Bathurst over the year. Tell me a little bit um, away from the high-tech all six hours this weekend. How is the status of Bathurst? Do people still want to come and race here? Yeah, well, it was only 15 years ago. There was only one event here. Uh, and then we got it to two, and then we got it to three, and then we got it to four. So... Um, the most important thing about those four, that they're separated on the calendar, but of more importance is they don't cannibalise each other. Mm. Um, yeah, the 1,000 is the 1,000, and that's the big, the big boy And you know, for the V8 Supercars, and then the 12-hour for GTs, and that's, you know, that, that's their big race, and this is the big race for the production cars. And then Challenge Bathurst in uh, November is, is another feather in the cap in terms of grassroots uh, motorsport both sprint and regularity and uh, and you can come and belt around the mountain and then maybe decide to step up into, into, into the next level and if we're talking about this weekend 
uh, and the the six hours. What's the future of the the six hours then? What would you like to see this weekend? And I know planning starts pretty much straight away for 2020. Where do you see the high-tech oils bath at six hours in another couple or three years' time? I think we it needs to be an incremental process. It's great that it's available to what we term grassroots uh, you know, motorsport competitors or club-level competitors, but you need to be at a certain professionalism to run here. So many checks and balances before the event, not to mention at the event. So I would say we will focus not so much on the size of the grid but on the quality of the grid, much like we did at the 12-hour in, in the early days. So um, whether that's 40 cars, 45, 50, I, I don't know. We, we maybe we'll look at a cap on, on the grid and, uh, and it'll be an invitational thing. Um, we'll look at the class structure. So we, you know, those things will come out of the debrief out of this year's event. But it doesn't need to be a part of a championship. Is that? I mean, that's what you're seeing fairly clearly. This is a big enough event to stand on its own. Yeah, it does not need to be part of the national championship. Um, yeah, the national championship probably need it to be a part of the national championship mm-hmm. if they want to grow that side of it. Um, but that won't happen until they align their class structure with with us. So, uh, you know, we don't need to be around of the of the championship. It doesn't actually, in a terribly selfish manner it doesn't actually add anything to us really to be around in the, mm. of the championship but we'd be happy to see that in, in the future because yeah. i think it'd be good for for you know for all stakeholders it, it would be beneficial but it's got to work on those levels that you were talking about and there's no sense you throwing the baby out with the bath water to throw yourself in and change your clutch structures and, and things like that yeah that's right we're, you know we're not the ones chasing numbers right. to be commercially viable we're already there so yeah we, we will we will pursue what we think is right and hopefully we'll, you know, we can convince uh, the others to, to fall in line with us and then we can do something. If not, we'll, we'll each go a merry way and, and we'll still be the same competitors competing, it just, just won't be around in the championship. Right. Richard is standing by to walk me up the pit lane before we do that. Uh, a quick word about the support championships this weekend because the variety of the other championships that are here this weekend is part of the draw. I know for the international audience, they love watching some of these other other categories. Just remind us, everybody, what we've got this weekend. So we've got Heritage Touring Cars, which are the old Group A and Group C cars. Be still my beating heart. <laughs> I have brought me FIA licence, just in case. <laughs> I think there's about 25 of those going to run around, so that, yeah, that's, that's, that'll be a nice thing for people to see. Um, and then you've got uh, Improved Production, who turn up with a 55 cars and a massive wait list. And then you've got the Hyundai XL series, which, you know, it, it's, it's great. They're, they're a cost-effective vehicle. They have a full grid. They're well-organised. And they, and they great look time. great. The liveries are fantastic. Some people have, have aped and, and homaged the, the old uh, touring cars, the V8s and things like that. They come and race, and they're having fun doing it. But, my goodness, it's competitive. Yeah, they, they do. They have a great time, and, um, yeah, they're well-organised. And they could probably fill two grids here, quite yeah, yeah. frankly. But, anyway, they're, they're here with a grid. Uh, and then we've, um, we have got the production sports category. Mm-hmm which is state-level production sports, but they will allow some of the big boys to come and play. So, that you'll so this see is it. GT4, GT3 type machinery? Yeah, and old, older, older machinery generally because it's state-level, mm-hmm. but they will allow some of the front-running national AGT guys can, will be running here this weekend with them as well. So they've got 53 cars on the grid, inclu- including some marked cars. So that'll, mm-hmm. that'll, two one-hour races, that, that'll be good, good to watch. Um, and then we round it out with the Porsche Club of New South Wales doing regularity. Um, because they just fit nicely into the into the into the schedule. They're well organised. They've been here since day dot, and uh, and it just seems to work. I've got a very nice GT3 touring that uh, I think we should have slid some numbers onto that and just slipped it round the back. James, a cracking job already. Well done uh, for yourself for the rest of Yeehaw events. Done a, a brilliant job here, and thanks for having us. Great to see you, Hindy. Hope you have a good call, and uh, let's hope the safety cars are at a minimum. Oh well, all good news there. Thanks, James. Uh, right, Krilzy, you were standing listening to that. Mm. Always good to listen to what James has got to say. Here we are, ready to do our little wander up the pit lane with, as James was saying, a slightly smaller but perfectly formed field. A um, couple of things we have to point out to start with. The B-class has been, um, how do we say, Amalgamated. distilled. Yeah, Amalgamated. I like it. Hello, by the way. Hello, mate. How nice are to be here. I'm sorry the weather's so terrible. I know. Barely not, 20 it's, degrees, it's not, 21 yeah. degrees Celsius. I mean, that's just not good enough. Um, right. 
So a little bit smaller field, but that's not necessarily a bad thing. Well, it's not. And cast your mind back, what, eight weeks to February, a little bit more than that now, isn't it? And we had a little bit smaller field. And going into that event, the 12-hour, everyone was like, oh, that's not great, is it? But what we got was one of the best endurance races anyone's ever seen. Uh, I think it will provide a cleaner race. I think it will be less safety cars. Two and a half hours of yellow Mm. here last year, which was too much. And everyone agrees with that. You might want to record this. (laughs) Come on, fire. See, perfectly on time there as we're at the one of the early pits at Pit Inn. This is the number 69 car, and the name on here is JB. Yeah, two-time winner of the 12-hour and Bathurst uh, 1000 champion a couple of times as well, last time in 94, one of the greats of the sport, looking to be just the second driver to win the 12, the 1000, and the 6, potentially. Paul Morris, the other. HSV, VF, GTS, the last of the great Holdens built in Australia. Um, 6.2 litre Chev V8, probably 550 horsepower, I would have thought, in this Adequate, gym. I would say. Adequate. Adequate would be fair. 1,700 kilos is a heavy car, but she'll be pretty rapid going up the hill and equally so coming down. Um, Getting its stop might be... Um, in the well, that's, that's character always, building? Yeah, that's been their problem. Well, in there's the fella himself. It's about come here. JB. How are you? Great to have you back. Nice to have you back. <laughs> You've come further than me. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm only from LA this time, actually. I was in uh, Long Beach last weekend. Oh, nice. What's brought you back here for this six hours? Opportunity to be one of only a couple of people to have done the 1,000, the 12 and the 6. Obviously, <laughs> that's part of it. But what is it that keeps bringing you back to this to this place and to, and to these events? Well, I'm not a stats chaser, so that didn't even enter my mind, but now it has, so... <laughs> I I, uh, I just love the track. I quite like the event because it's productionized. You know, it's production cars, so they actually have a, a real world presence. And mm. uh, and the track's one of the best in the world. So any chance you get to drive here, I, I try and take it if I can. And these guys, good blokes. You know, good fun guys. So is it a different character from driving purebred racing cars, whether it be GT3, GT4 in the 12, or the V8s, the supercars in the 1,000, those cars, we tend to just expect them, effectively, that's a sprint race between yes. pit stops. Yes. That's not the case here, is it? No, not really. I mean, it, the cars nowadays, you know, road cars, production cars are pretty tough cars, but you still can't beat them to death. You know, you can't smash them through the gears and do no. things like that. So, so it, does, it, it, it requires a certain amount of sympathy, I think, to some degree anyway, how much... It, each of us has you never know till you actually get you get out there and how hard you're trying as well or have yeah, to right. have to try i was talking with with james o'brien earlier on there just before uh, creelsey and i started our walk up this pit lane about how much more difficult it is getting now to tune production cars not because the engineering's any different you know suspension exhausts putting the bars in and, and stuff like that that hasn't changed but the electronics oh, yeah. on all of these things and it's all interconnected and interdependent absolutely yeah they're so complex you know you lift the bonnet of these modern day cars and like you shut the dick as quick as you can because it's so complex and and when people start mucking around with oe things that were developed by major big companies spending millions of dollars you do so at your own risk so mm. You know, I think you see some particularly turbocharged, supercharged cars when they override the standard programs in the computers and things. You know, you're asking for trouble, especially in a long race where you've got lots of heat soak and, you know, the cars don't stop. They don't get a rest. So, yeah, it's an interesting thing. I mean, you see, I know Crailsy sees it, you you see BMWs quite often stop by the side of the road as they reset everything, don't you? You know, so hopefully control all delays. Yeah, Yeah, that's right. You turn it all off and start again, and the car thinks it's having a new day. (laughs) So, well, tell me about the Commodore then. Is this going to be the right car? That the last of the Australian built Commodores. Mm. It's a piece of history in itself. It's been turned into a, a race car. Clearly, the the mark and the model has has provenance here, but not as a production car. No, it hasn't, no. It's a really nice car. I mean, I'm, I'm not that familiar with it, to be honest. I only sat in it today for the first time, but it's beautifully built. They've done a good job on it. It's, it was the last of the Swan Song cars that, that Walkinshaw built as HSV, so it's nicely done. It's got a lot of good stuff on it. I, I'm, I think it's an under-the-radar car here for this race because of the BMWs, but you know, I'd like to think that we might turn a few heads. I don't know. 
Well, I'll tell you now, it'll be a fan favourite for a couple of reasons. One, because it's an Aussie car and an Aussie race with an Aussie V8. Well, all right, with an American V8, but it's very Aussie as well. And because you're in it, quite <laughs> frankly, <laughs> JP, wish you're you all the best. Thanks, <laughs> thanks for coming back the mountain. You gave me the opportunity to drive around in one of your, your drive days a couple of years ago, and that it lives long and still lives in my, my memory. I've actually got me international... Um, FIA license with us oh, this weekend, just in case anybody just in case. trips. Anybody you bring trips your helmet? Up? No, no helmet. But uh, listen, I always reckon you can blag a helmet. Oh, you can, and there's people here selling them. So you, <laughs> crazy, you know, I'll buy you one. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Cheers, Jimmy. Right, thanks. Have right. a happy yeah. birthday. Good. Oh yeah, yeah thank you. Yeah, That's two one. days ago. Yeah, have just a good one. Gone now. <laughs> well, that was a, a little bit of a happy accident. Yeah. But I mean, what we were saying there to John Bow. I mean that that. That car could be a bit of a sleeper because, you know, that, that's an engine that you don't, they're not going to have to take to the max, are they? Should be understressed, really, with 400,000 million newton metres of torque to drag itself up the hill. No, you're right. Um, but, but the HSVs always, always struggled in production car racing, mainly because they run out of brakes, just yeah. with the regulations for being production cars. There's 1,700-odd kilos wet plus when they race in this condition so they're a heavy thing so by the time they get back down to Murray's and to turn one at Hill Corner turn two Griffin's Bend they're working pretty hard in the stopping power so yeah it, look it's it's just one of those things isn't it like JB said you've got to drive it to its to its conditions to the way that the car is set up so whereas you might be able to drive the BMW harder for longer if you nurse the big Holdens around and there's a Ford we'll get to in a while up the other end of pit lane that'll be the same Mm -hmm. then if you get to that final hour and you're in a condition where you can race then maybe you can go after it and that's where this race differs to the 12 hour and the 1000 like you talked about there's another HSV in the A2 class I think it's good we're seeing more of these cars having a a wee go of it there's another uh, 53 this is another one of the A2 class cars as well we should say the difference between A1 and A2 is forced versus normally aspirated alright okay so A1 is forced induction A2 is normally aspirated so uh, the 64 and the 62 are the non-supercharged versions of HSV's product. Right, got you. I see. And uh, we've got a Monaro in in that uh, category as well, which I'll enjoy seeing for the for the whole weekend. <laughs> now, the high tech six hours here at Bathurst wouldn't be the high tech six hours without some little pocket rockets. And the probably littlest pocket and mostest rocket that's here is fantastic to see back the little Suzuki Swift. Again, in the E-Class, little front-wheel drive, tiny little wheelbase, dead nimble. It's not going to be the fastest thing up or down or through, but it's going to be a lot of fun for the guys driving it. A relative of mine had one of these, and it is one of the more enjoyable cars I've driven on the road. Because you get to a roundabout, and you do a nice little heel toe into second, and you bang the thing off the curb on the inside, and it hops and goes, oh, more, please. They're great fun to drive. Um, They'll get mugged down the straight, won't they? Because they'll be about 70 k's an hour slower, probably mm. more, to be honest, than the fast BMWs and the HSVs. But great. Remember Class E last year, the baby car oh. class, was the most <laughs> dramatic thing with the little Toyota Echo uh, having issues on the final lap, finished in pit lane and handed the win to the Mazda. So, uh, look, the classes in this event are very much the same story. And uh, the fight for Class E, there might only be three cars in it, but often just as competitive as the outright battle for the win. And it may well be the survival of the fittest there, so the pit crews will come into play as well. Uh, B-Class, well, Golf GTI sitting in front of us. Actually, it's a, a Golf Type R mm. that is sitting uh, in front of us. Uh, and this 50 car in the B1 category, again, looking very smart, just getting a bit more decals put on here uh, at the moment, but again, this will be competitive, as we mentioned, The B, all the B categories have been put together. I'm assuming there's more sign writers than Shane from Shane Signs in Bathurst, but he's the only one you ever see out here actually doing any work. Um, he's a busy man this time of year and before the other races here. Uh, Midwest Multimedia team from Orange, just up the road, about 35-40 k's away, um, which incidentally is the home of the inaugural Australian Touring Car Championship race mm. at a circuit called New Blah. Well, there you go. Is that still there? No, no, it's not. So I've got a, I've a, got a bit of time. Yeah, I've got a bit of time. Early part of next week. Uh, what's that? GTF. Yeah, that, that's a big Ford. So we've seen the fast right. Commodores down the hill. This is the rival. This is the Blue Oval to the Red Lion in Australian motor racing. And this is Jeremy Gray's uh, FG Falcon GTF, which is the final car. The man standing right here. Actually, we should have a chat to Jerry. Jeremy, I'll. Uh, Introducing this, John Hindoff. 
Hello, Jeremy. How are you? Good, John. How are you, mate? I'm very well. So you the single forward against the might of the uh, the Holden Hordes? It appears that way. I think we're the only forward in the race, aren't we, guys? Yep. Yeah. yeah. So we'll represent. We uh, trotted around last year and still finished eighth. So uh, this year there's a lot of improvement going into the car, and uh, I think we can push a lot harder this year. I, I was saying to, to JB earlier on about the Holdens, you know, as, as street cars have got more sophisticated, it becomes more difficult to actually make them into track cars because of the interconnected electronics. How's, how's the Ford on, on that front? Well, my motto is kiss, keep it simple, yeah. stupid. <laughs> yeah. And, um, yeah, just sort of go back to basics with it. Don't get too complicated, and it seems to work for us. I mean, these these are the last of the, of the breed. These cars. I mean, so there's, there's there's a bit of value in these last Aussie built V8 street cars. Is it the right thing to do to, to take one and, and bring it out and build it? What's uh, and race it rather? What's the history? What's the history of this chassis? Well, you just said it. History, isn't it? So you. you know, it's um, we built it a few years ago before they actually you know stopped making them. So we thought it'd be good just to go out with a bang. And here we are, so hopefully we get another couple of years out of it, then see what happens after that. There's a couple of things to point out. One, last week down at Phillip Island, which I know is a place <laughs> you're desperate to get to, this bloke was running around in a Touring Car Masters Ford Capri, V8 Capri. So that's a tick for you, I know, in your box. Um, I raced a 3-1, RS3 one once, and had the most fun at Brands Hatch. It's the best. It's the absolute best to drive. It's very exciting, especially. (laughs) Entertaining. Yeah, Yeah, entertaining. Yeah, I think we did entertain. (laughs) Had a pretty interesting, I'll fill you in later, interesting weekend with some Tiranas getting in his way. Um, Or you getting in their way, I'm not sure how that worked. Hey, um, your co-drivers this weekend, not satisfied with one famous surname, you've gone for the Sun as well. You've got George and Andrew Medici alongside you so you've got some pretty decent co-drivers this weekend yeah i think we've got a real real strong team uh andrew's so good with the car setup so Mm. i like working with andrew racing gt4 last year andrew drove with us as well helped me with a lot of setup so i think and father and son you know we have a lot of fun together does it help your race because there's quite a small window for driving time isn't there so Mm. more combos have gone three drivers this year than ever before in this race is that part of why you've gone that way as well yeah, you hit the nail on the head. Last year, we were, you know, within minutes of actually going over your allotted time. Okay. So we thought this year, third, three drivers and quality drivers as well um, with Andrew and George. So, yeah, it's, it does make the race a lot easier. Well, we wish you all the best. Thanks for talking to us. Uh, there'll be a lot of fans of the Blue Oval around the world. He'll be tuned in over, over the weekend and uh, keep an eye on the number 67. All the best. All right, thanks, guys. Race well, have fun. Thanks. Good stuff. V8 Capri. Yes, it's insane. You'd love it. Actually bought the Capri from Andrew Medici. Of ah. all things, he raced it in Tiger, Tasmania. Yeah, it's a good motor racing little family. Um, that, that will be a good car. Andrew Medici's a great driver and George just as fast. So, uh, yeah, really good combo. Good of Gerard to talk to us. He's a great guy. A lot of experience here. He used to race V8 Utes. Good man. <laughs> good man. Anybody who races a Capri is all right with me, yeah, yeah. I tell you. Understeer in, oversteer out, just like the road car. Uh, right, BMWs have long been the cars to beat here in various different classes. We have a variety of them. What's this one that's in front of us? This is a B2 class car, or a B class car as it will be, at the weekend, venerable M3. Yeah, it is. These, these guys have... Um, good, good to see them back, actually. A really professional little program, the ADPV car. And uh, Jason Simons, Ben Walsh, Justin Anthony doing the, the steering, currently doing a setup on the car at the moment. But... Um, so the older spec M3, but should be a really good race. Back. E36, for yeah. those of you who know, straight yeah. six, 3.2 litre engine, absolute pearl of an engine. That, and there's yeah. a, an eight's great, but there's nothing as sweet as a six. A straight six has always been my favourite configuration. That'll be, that'll be buzzing along. Uh, a little bit newer BMW alongside uh, in the next garage. This is a C-class car. This is the number 87 I should keep reminding me myself to say that as we go along. 87 is uh, a 130i E87 for those of you who are BMW fans. These cars have been the workhorse of this race yes. in Class C and before that, the 12-hour, when it was a production car race, you plugged them in on lap one and unplugged them on the end of wherever the race is. Fuel tyres, driver, yeah, rinse, correct. repeat. Yeah, maybe wipe the windscreen down if you're feeling ambitious. Oh. Here's another. We are right in the middle of BMW Valley here. The number 12 car, uh, one of the A1 category machines. And uh, this will be an F82, I reckon. Is that right? Yeah, 1M. So this will be a pretty decent little race car, I think. Um, Again, short wheelbase, the turn, Mm. the quick. They've got bags of power. 
Yeah, and they've been raced very successfully over a number of years in production car racing here in this class. So they've got a good track record. And just that BMW thing that they don't do one thing overly well. They do it all pretty good. Yes. And at this place, as that's you know, exactly that's the tick. Doing. That's why the Porsche won the 12 hour this year. Yeah, that's exactly right. It's not always the fastest car. Got another Holden in here. And what's that sitting in the back? That's a GT86 at the back. Oh, shit, Adam would be loving to see that one. That's the uh, 33 car, the green and black uh, GT. Now, do you call them GT86s, Dan? No, just the, 86. Just 86s. Yeah, yeah. See, that's interesting, because in the States, they're just GTs. Yeah. GT86 in the UK, yeah. and just Toyota. But our market here grew up with the original, Yeah, yeah. the Hachi Rocky, the original 86, so... Uh, yeah, I'm not sure why that is. Different nomenclature. Do you get the, do you get the BRZ as well, Dan? Yeah, we do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. all right. Yep, yeah. yep. Which yeah, is effectively the same it's car. It's the same car, but it's about five grand more expensive, I think. Is it? So everyone just races the Toyota version. Excellent. Love it. Uh, Mitsubishi. Well, Mitsubishi have got some history in this race as well. Well, do you cast your mind back 12 months and the internet sensation that is Jordan Cox from the improved production days here and at the Adelaide 500, he's back. So driving with his dad, Graham, and Daniel Smith in an Evo, uh, class number A1 forty, car. number forty. Keep your eye open for that. Yeah, it's orange and black. It's a good-looking car. Jordan is one of those guys. You push play, and he goes at fifteen tenths all the time. I always call drivers like that plug-and-play performance accessories. Correct. Yeah, and that that is that is Jordan in a nutshell. He's one of the most exciting drivers that isn't a household name or that that isn't in a, a professional drive. Um, he's a he's a terrific steerer. So and what good. are these? I mean, we had um, James earlier on talking about the national series. There is a, mm. a national series that that runs to uh, this type of regulation, not identical as James was telling us uh, earlier on. But th- these guys are all staples of that, or are a lot of people coming out for a one-off. Uh, yeah, a little from column A, a little from column B. There's a, a very strong New South Wales state series in New South Wales that run it. Sydney Motorsport Park and at Wakefield Park here, uh, that is all, it's probably stronger than the national championship. So a lot of them have come out of that competition, some out of Queensland as well. We've got the um, Mitsubishi, sort of almost like the Mitsubishi Valley here as well, with the Lancers and the Evos all sitting close together. Now, here's a, an interesting one. This is an E-Class car, white and bright orange, and that very much looks to me, although... It's difficult to see the badge on the front, but that's a Mazda 3, isn't it? It is. This is the car that won the class last year. Yes, it is. Right at the death of the incredible motor race that it was. So, yeah, a little SP25 Mazda 3. There's two of them in the class this year. Uh, and that little Suzuki that we uh, we touched on earlier on. So, yep, good little reliable car. They're a bit of a pocket rocket. I don't know what they've got a pink flamingo in the window. I'm not, I'm I just noticed that. I, I, I'm not sure. But, uh, no, come on, let's go and ask. I'm, I, I, my... my my curiosity has been... Hello, sir. Sorry to interrupt you while you're polishing away. you got to tell me what's the, what's the story. Somebody's got to tell me what's the story in the picture. What's your name, sir? Uh, Andrew. Hello, Andrew. I'm John. Um, are you the Ian McMaster that's on the side of the car? Guilty as charged. Right. Pink, pink Flamingo in the, uh, on the dash on the passenger side. There's got to be a story here, Andrew. Yeah, there is. Well, are you going to tell me it? No, no chance. Not at all. <laughs> Somehow I realised I'd set myself up for this. You guys had this car, a cracking race last year. I came through right at the very end of the race. Um, it's a small but perfectly formed class. Clearly you're back to do it again. Um, what is the draw of coming back here to Bathurst? It's a magic place. You don't get very many opportunities to run here, so we're going to try and grab as many as we can and get up here as often as we can and have a good run, hopefully. We talk about these little front-wheel drive cars being pocket rockets. How how do they perform round at the mountain? It might not be everybody's choice, but you guys go out there and have as much fun, if not more, than everybody else. Nah, they're a slug up the hill. Um, You're constantly watching your mirrors, making sure that everyone's, you know, you're aware of what's around you, but they're good fun across the top, and it's at a level where we can afford it, which is really, you know, the only way we can do it. And do you do the state series or a national series, or do you just bring this out maybe a couple of times a year and cherry pick the events? Yeah, we won the won the state championship in it for Class E uh, last year. Uh, we haven't done an event this year. We wanted to get this one out of the way first, and then we'll see where we go from there. All right, mate. Have a good one. Yeah. Enjoy. I, that, that's a silly question, isn't it? Driving on the mountain wouldn't matter if you if you were having to pedal it up to the top and roll down the other side. You'd still be having fun. Absolutely. Cheers, man. Thank you. I'm going to find out about that flamingo. <laughs> I am going. I'm. I'm on a mission then. I'm on a mission. Although I've never, never managed. <laughs> they like rum was the word that we just had. Yes. Uh-huh. It's just a galactic currency. So, uh, well, I think we might have to facilitate them with a, 
decent bottle of something to right. uh, get that story well, on. I've never, I've never got the bottom of why Seth Nyman called his team the Flying Lizards. He, he told me he would tell me one day. Never actually happened. Uh, more Mitsubishi's, another BMW. Ah, no, this is a... This is an interesting orange car because we've seen Sharon rentals on cars down through the years in a variety of Australian motorsport events. Well, the great story about this one, so Sharon's won the race last year with the M4, which is right alongside this. This one running in Class B, father and son combo. Right. Jeff and David Russell of Supercars fame, a noted co-driver there. Hasn't done a deal yet for this year, but I'm told he's pretty close. He's actually just standing over there. Um... Yeah, so father and son racing together. Now, they have raced together before, 16 years ago. So it's been a long time between uh, stints, but great to see them back together. And, and they'll be a good contender. Davey Russell races GT cars, a couple of 12-hour starts with Roger Largo and a Lamborghini, amongst other things. Uh, he's a Carrera Cup racing round winner. He is a gun driver. So this car, uh, even though it's in Class B, with a D-Rust driving it in qualifying trim, top 10, if not better. And both the Sharon sponsored cars actually have only one name on the side. There are two names, but it's only one name. It's Russell and Russell, and of course Sharon and Sharon. The brothers, so father, yeah. parents in, and son in the other, and uh, the brothers, of course, in the other car, multiple Australian production car champions. I'm going to grab D. Russ here. Davey, we'll grab you. Come on over, Dave. John, John Hindoff. Nice to see hey, you mate. again. How are you? Yeah, good. good, welcome, good. welcome back to the mountain, a place that you need no introduction to. Uh, this, this is an interesting little... Uh, Lad and dad weekend out, isn't it? <laughs> uh, it's good, yeah. It's um, great opportunity. Obviously, the guys at um, Sharon Rentals Racing, uh, they put together a good car. That's got very good pedigree, the 135. And uh, obviously, this car needs no introduction, being the winner last year. So, opportunity came up. Um, it's good to be able to do it with Dad. Um, he's he's definitely no stranger to this place as well. Yeah. So, um, he sort of brought me here. And it's it's I blame him. It's all his fault that I got involved in racing. So, um but, yeah, it's great to be able to come and team up, have a, have a bit of fun at the same time. Well, you say that, and I understand exactly what you're saying, but you, can, you can't ever do anything on the mountain without taking it seriously, can you? No, that's right. Um, no, we'll have a good, good crack at it, but, um, it's, yeah, it's not like we're going to... Um, yeah, we just want to have some fun with it, but I, I'd say... Um, come Sunday or come qualifying <laughs> I'm going to be looking for every tenth that I can find yeah, helmet on brain out it'll be that one yeah I don't know who I'm kidding saying that <laughs> <laughs> how, uh, how long's it been it's like 16 years I think since you and your old man raced together it would be something like that um, was that in production cars yeah it was it was in uh, in the back when um, the factory um, Proton GDI Satria GDI yeah, um, yeah, in doing yeah. that um, we were a bit unlucky that day. We had a mechanical um, problem in the race, and and um, we, we got back to second. I remember we were a lap down, and I managed to get that back. Hang on, this is 16 yeah. years ago, <laughs> dear listener, and his face is just <laughs> lit up, and he remembers every moment. I, I was, We were robbed. There were the, the safety car got the wrong side. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, yeah it, look. That's I, I racing, though, isn't it? It is, it is. Um, you know, you always want to... When you when you're doing it, you always want to perform at your best or, or get the best result you can, you know. So, um, Dad's you know just as competitive as, as I am. So, um, you know, we'll we'll be out there to have a have a good crack. And being in Class B, it's sort of not amongst it with the with the um, you know the main cars. But um, hang on, hang on. There's a podium and a trophy, though. Oh, absolutely. That's what we're here for. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Look, I'd, I'd like to. Um, obviously, the goal is to for us to, to you know get in and uh, win our class this weekend. Mm-hmm. If we can do that. Well, obviously, it'd be pretty special to do it with Dad. What's happening with the supercars? Been quiet for you so far. Got something bubbling away? Are we likely to hear something soon? Yeah, I think so. Um, the, the the changes with supercar. There's a lot going on there at the moment. There's a lot of teams are, you know, in in positions that they maybe didn't thought that they would be um, at the start of the year or late last year. So, and to be honest, I'm probably in the same position where I'm in a position that I didn't th- think that I would be in. Um, last December but um, yeah look that's what happens uh, on the chessboard the, the pieces move around and you just got to roll with it but um, the good part is for me is there's been interest in my availability which is a good thing it's not like the the you know the interest isn't there we've just got to um, you know make, put it together and I think that'll happen pretty soon. Your reputation goes before you and I say that in a very positive way um, even the you know, our international audience know exactly who you are, know what you can do behind the wheel. All the best this weekend. Enjoy and be safe. Great, thanks very much. Very envious of you doing that with <laughs> your dad. Very envious. Winning car from last year. Where's the number one? 
with the uh, with pride as it uh, will be turned out at the weekend. Looking an absolute picture as well. Don't really need to do anything from last year. Polish no, it. Wipe it down. Won the Australian Production Car Championship last year as well as the six hour. So it was a huge season for the Sharon team. Um, the boys promote. Ian Sharon promotes the Australian Production Car Championship as well. So investing in his own series by running a car in it and in this event as well, which is terrific to see. Can't so, argue with that. No, absolutely. Money the, where mouth is. Yeah, exactly right, yeah. which, in, as you know, is often sometimes rare in motor racing. Yes, so, absolutely. But, yeah, they back their own product, which is great. Um, no, they're, they're favourites. We'll get to the other car that's favourite in a minute, but they're right up there as one of the outright contenders for sure. Another little Toyota GT sitting in there, BMWs. That's another Golf, is it? Is that a Scirocco? That's a Scirocco. Oh, isn't it? Or am I... Yeah, that is a Scirocco. I threw myself... Doubted myself for a moment there. Yes, I remember that. Another GT... Could do a couple of GTs here, looking very splendid. Forty-one in particular. So these two has have a have a guess how old their drivers are. Oh no, it's not one of these, is it? Sixteen and seventeen, respectively. I'm sorry. Can we have them thrown out immediately? <laughs> well, I was completely useless when I was sixteen. We're lucky to get out of bed, and these kids are racing. Uh, the cars run this by is the forty-one car we're talking about. Car forty-one. It's a cool livery. It's been run by. Uh, a super young driver who I'm going to drag over for a chat, Cameron, if you don't mind. Um, CH Engineering, Cameron Hill, who's racing in Porsche Carrera Cup this year uh, and is going along very, very nicely indeed. He's a former Australian Formula Ford champion in his own right. you got the teenagers out, mate, You're from your Formula Ford team that you run in Formula Ford racing and just roll them out to Mount Panorama. Yeah, it's, um, it's going to be a lot of fun, I think. Uh, obviously, the they're pretty young and uh, inexperienced in the grand scheme It's going to be a lot of fun for who? For them, yes. <laughs> yeah. You've got to keep the car in one piece and keep them calmed down and point in the right direction. That's right. So pretty much my job this weekend is just to keep heads screwed on. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I'm, I'm sort of looking forward to, you know, them getting to turn their first laps at Bathurst. I remember mine. You know, it, it really is a, a very special track to drive on and the more laps you can do, the better. Was your first run here in the 86 or did you were you here in Formula um, Ford? My first run here was a six-hour, I think. Yeah, I reckon you're right. In the no, <laughs> no, I think it was in a Toyota. It wasn't a Toyota. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. It was so I did. Yeah, I did uh, eighty-six. Then I did a six-hour in a Subaru, yep. and then eighty-sixes again. And um, Carrera Cup last year. Carrera Cup and twelve-hour, yeah, which was a lot of fun as well. Um, but I oh, look, I remember my first lap, even in the Toyota eighty-six here. You go across the top and you just go, "This is stupid." Um, so. And then by lap three, you're going, "Why can't I go any faster? Yeah, Why can't right. I make it go any faster?" And then, and then you're doing it the entire top of the mountain flat, and you're going, "Oh well, we need more power." But um, <laughs> I think it'll be—it's a good car to sort of do their first laps at Bathurst, and it's a really great event. You know, it's very accessible, and um, you can sort of see in the strength in, in numbers. Yeah, and a decent entry in the the D class, which is is what you guys are in. What's the key? then what's the key to doing well here is it just keeping the car underneath you and and having something at the end yeah absolutely it's all about damage limitation um i mean i said to the boys you you can't win the race um for the first five and a half hours you can only lose it mm. yeah so pretty much like we can run around last all day long but if, as long as we you know minimize you know going down any laps where you can and mm-hmm. and keeping fuel in the car and you know, keeping it nice and tidy, you get to the last hour and then you can sort of go, well, where are we? Are we in a good position to race for something here? I've been asking all the guys how easy or difficult it is to run some of these production cars. They're becoming more and more uh, complicated nowadays, particularly on the electronic side. I I get the feeling from having crawled over in 86 um, here in Australia and back in the UK that they were actually probably designed to expect to be on track at at some time in their lives, whether it was track days or racing. Yeah, they're pretty user-friendly when it comes to sort of getting them on track and getting them going. Um, I mean, this weekend for us, it's the first sort of time that we've installed a dry brake fuel system in the car. And so, you know, we're just going through some teething issues with that. But, you know, from the, from the car side of things, I'm, I'm pretty confident that, you know, that it'll run all day long, you know. Um, and that's the great thing about having a sort of a Class D car, you know. Um, it's definitely good value for money. Um, and then when you sort of look up and down, you start to look at, you know, Class A um, cars, yeah, it is sort of starting to become a bit of an arms race. Um, and, you know, you definitely need to have the right gear and, and you know, invest time in testing and making sure that everything's right. And... Well, wish you best of luck in, in Carrera Cup Australia 
this year as well. Yeah, cheers. Thank you very much. What do you, what do you count as your day job then? Behind the wheel of Carrera Cup or with a ratchet in your hand, spanning for these other Formula Fords? Oh, no, I, I, look, don't don't take this as a sign of me actually doing, <laughs> doing any work. Um, <laughs> I sort of I sort of sort of change change mentality. Last week I was a racing car driver. This week I'm sort of team manager, driver, coach. You know, wheel cleaner, all the rest of it. General uh, factotum, as my father exactly. used to say. Well, listen, we wish you all the best. Race well this weekend, and presumably the lads will have a great time. So keep them on the road, will you? Yeah, cheers. Thank you. Brilliant. Thanks, Cameron. Cameron Hill. That's a great story. Yeah, it is. That's a great So watch out for that one, the 41. It's another bright coloured car. Uh, oh, AMG. 45, the number 45. Now, we had this here last year as well, didn't we? Yeah, so there's a bit of a story around... No way. I know, right? It's shocking. We could spend (laughs) four hours doing this walk. Um, So, Garth Walden Racing, uh, they've had a great presence in this event since day dot with the uh, A45 AMGs on the podium last year with car driven by Stephen Johnson. Mm -hmm. Great fight. It led the race with 15 minutes to go. Um, So, this was the car that Craig Baird drove a couple of years ago. Uh, It was owned by Ron Searle, who we sadly lost... Within the last 12 months, um, Garth and Michael Old, who's co-driving it, bought the car. They wanted to keep it in the family, so they're running it. So the guys driving the 45 AMG A45, Michael Old, Richard Bloomfield and Brian Walden, are two-time class champions in Class B. They won it back-to-back. They're the only combination to have ever won this race more than once. No one has ever won it twice. In any class? In three years in any class except those guys. And now they're stepping up from a Class B Commodore SS into a turbo all-wheel drive pocket rocket in car number 45 for Garth Walden Racing. So that's terrific. Uh, great story. Alongside them is the Race for a Cure car uh, for breast cancer trials. It's a great cause. Uh, ben and Michael Cavage from, uh, from New South Wales have been here a couple of years, but they've roped in the team boss to drive, Garth Walden. Nice. Who is a Carrera Cup racer. He's a world time attack champion. He is an absolute gun. And these guys would have had a good day already, but adding Garth into the mix as a third driver means that whereas they may have qualified 10th before. Now they could probably go for a row two, if not better, um, with that, positions important, with having yeah. a pro-pro driver in that mm. car. And uh, it just gives them that strategic variability as well. So all of a sudden, Garth Alden's gone from having one car in Class A with maybe half a shot to two cars in Class A and maybe a podium. Who knows? It's a great story. Love it. Absolutely great. And so many stories of that ilk up and down the pit lane. Now... An eggshell blue car with an H on the front can mean only one thing. Uh, Hyundai with the N on it as well, which is their performance uh, brand. And this is a very beautifully turned out, and it is an i30. I had to look to make sure it wasn't a Veloster, because we've just got Velosters in in the US. But this is absolutely gorgeous. C-class car. And is this the debut for this hit? Yeah, there's two of them. Two. It's a two-car team. N-Gen Racing out of Queensland. Eight and seven? Yeah, exactly right. Um, They've put these cars together. They've only made their debut in racing this year. I think they're two race meetings in. One in Queensland and one at... Now, these aren't TCR cars. We should say that. These aren't TCR cars. These are street cars, production cars that have been prepared immaculately prepared for racing. Yeah, they have. This team's done a really nice job and and it's the first time we've seen these cars. These are the, I would say, the newest cars in the field, the most market relevant because these are the hot hatch of the moment. This is Hyundai getting out there and disrupting your Golf GTIs and Type R Civics and things like that. Their N-brand has gone absolutely ballistic worldwide. And haven't they just gone and poached half all the people from BMW M and Mm -hmm. to develop these cars and do them in Germany and do them properly? It's a huge kudos to them. These, these cars, I think, first year, so fragility will be a question mark in my mind. I reckon they'll be really fast. Um, good driving lineup, incidentally, car eight, and uh, he's just sitting in it at the moment doing a seat fitting. They've roped in Jake Camilleri, oh. who's a hugely experienced guy, class winner here before in the 12 hour, uh, raced in the six hour, veteran of front wheel drive production car racing, and now racing in Mark cars globally in Creventic series. So, um, that's a really good addition with uh, the Sinisi boys, another father and son combination. Charlie's a great uh, former sports sedan racer. Um, his boy's making his debut here this weekend, but they've gone that three-driver route. Two-car team, really looking forward to seeing how these cars go. I love them as a road car. I think as a race car, they'll make a really good package. Yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting departure, or not departure, because that's not fair, because Sunday I've done sporty cars before, but it's interesting how they have concentrated uh, their... Uh, sporty road cars into that N brand as 
Krilzy says, sort of following on from, you know, AMG, from Quattro, from M. Uh, a Subaru here. Now, this is interesting. 72 car, green, uh, red and white. Yeah, so it's the hatchback mm. WRX STI. Um, now, you, you're probably looking at that livery going, why is it green and red with a bunny rabbit on the side? Is that making sense to you at all? Not quite. No. No, okay. Well, that here's some local sporting culture for you. That is the logo on the scheme of the South Sydney Rabbitohs. Rabbitohs. Okay, that's Russell Crowe's team. Yeah, isn't it? National Rugby League, owned by Russell Crowe. Yeah. There you go. So that's on that car. So you, I think you, I drove you, past their stadium the other day. You, so yeah, absolutely would have coming out here. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's it's bright. You, you you're not going to miss it on the racetrack. Hang on, it's always you know you know I'm a Sunderland supporter, and I take a lot of stick for that. My race number seventy three, which is the year we won the FA Cup. And or one of the years we won the FA Cup, and there's always a danger about getting other affiliations involved. Does that not just make them a target for anybody who follows a different NRL team? And look, I come from the southern states, which means I follow AFL, not NRL, Australian rules. I've got no idea who South Sydney's natural rival in the NRL is, but imagine if someone driving their natural rival is a fan. I, I got no idea, but anyway, that'll be interesting. I hate the rabbits. Bang, in the fence. Not that that would okay. No, absolutely not. What we got over here. Oh, look at this. We've got a Honda. Uh, a Honda, well, we used to call those Honda Accords. Um, but, it, but this is the coupe version. Used to run some of these, or variants of some of these, in the British Touring Car Championship. This is a 47 uh, car. Bright, orange, uh, bright yellow. We'll not miss this one. Now, I mean, this is a car of a certain vintage, but this is, this is perfect fodder for round here. Yeah, it is. So it's the only car in Class D that's not a Toyota 86. Uh, and it's the car that won the combination, that won the race last year. Mm. The first time an 86 hasn't won the six-hour in its mm. class. So um, not flush in youth, this car, by any extent, but that means it's very, very well-developed, should be able to pound around all day. And little Integra Type R, they were a ripping, ripping road car and, and raced quite competitively for a long time. In I love the racing. Integra Coupes. They really look good. i tell you what, though, it's really straight. Yeah. It is really straight, nicely put together, uh, as we're almost at pit out. And, and incidentally, while we're walking, we're three, four garages from the end of pit lane. It's currently local time, 4.27 as we're doing this. And we're driving right into, into the, the sun, sun and we're an hour away from the race finishing on Sunday. Good point. Very good point. Right, what we got in here? Let's have a look in there. Uh, that's another BMW. That's another BMW M4. And that's the number four in the top class. Yeah, Andrew, um, wait, right there uh, Andrew Sewell. There we are. Uh, Sewell and Fisher driving that car. Andy Fisher's a hugely experienced guy in Touring Car Masters, races a GTHO Falcon. Uh, Andrew Sewell's been racing that car for some time as well. So that's uh, the first time that car as an M4 has been here. He's been here in uh, 1Ms and M3s, but not the M4. It's the same spec as the Sharon car earlier. We'll finish off um, almost where we started with more BMWs. This is the uh, 23, the black BMW. Well, we can talk to the guy who owns it. So this is the car that was on pole last year. Yeah. Record lap. It's navy blue, actually. I said black. My apologies. Yeah, it is. Uh, M3 competition. Absolute rocket ship. Fastest production car ever around Mount Panorama. Was in with a real shot of winning last year in its first race here. Tim Lay and the owner, Berwick Linton, who's joined us now. Bez, uh, welcome back, mate. You guys got so close last year on this car's debut. What do you reckon? 12 months on, bit of development, bit of time behind the wheel. How are you feeling? Oh, look, I think uh, the car's prepared very well this time. Uh, and obviously, 12 months on, we've learned a lot. We continue to have that issue, and we worked out what it was. Yep. And we've made, I think we're on version three in the rear end um, changes. And look, you know, you've got to be confident. And as I said, I don't think the car could be, be any better prepared coming in now. now was, was that a, a mechanical issue or an electrical issue or a bits talking to other bits issues? We've been talking to all the guys up and down the pit lane. The newer cars get harder and harder to turn into race cars because they are so sophisticated as road cars. Last year it was a mechanical issue. We snapped the wheel studs um, and so the rear wheel left us with 20 minutes to go when we were leading and doing it comfortably. Um, so close yet so far. But, yeah, no, the, totally. The, the new cars with the electronics in them, um, we haven't had as many touch a lot of wood um, issues with this one as we did with when we built the 1M because BMW somewhat took the wiring loom and modules back to E46 days oh, really? in this car. So when we looked at this one first time, we, we saw it as being similar to our E46, 
but yeah, look, that's the, the challenge, and there's guys that have had issues with all kinds of brands, and yeah, yeah, yeah. that's the challenge for production cars moving forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, many years ago, I said in our little group that was running in this category at a national level, we should consider getting GT4 to be Class A in our category. Yes. Yeah, uh, because they're all built by the manufacturers, and all those gremlins are removed. Yeah, and they've got a resale value as well. Well, they've got a worldwide resale value. <laughs> exactly These cars right. are only saleable in Australia, and you know there's a little bit of interest now from New Zealand, but they don't go anywhere else in the world. So you've got to sell them to someone here. Mm. And the pace isn't that dissimilar, really, is it? With the performance you're getting out of these cars now, I think it's what five seconds to a fast GT4 car around here, which at a short circuit where we normally race would be two or three seconds. It's not massive. Well, I think uh, at Sandown last year we were one second. Yeah, really. And you know they're on slicks with, but they've got USBs that they've got to put in that deciphers what tunes in the car. Yeah. yeah so yeah, they yeah. do detune them a little bit. Yes. But uh, yeah, there, there's not a massive difference, and so you know I think that would have been and would have been good for GT4 in this country too because. You know, being at the back of GT3, they're probably not getting as many competitors as they could. I still think globally GT4 is due a little push. Certainly in British GT, there's more GT4s than there are GT3s at the moment. And we're starting to see GT4 pick up in the US series that I cover, uh, the Michelin Pilot Challenge. Their top class is GT4. And we've got, I mean, we've had 25, 30 cars in that this year from nothing three years ago. Um, That class when it was called GS, it was down to five or six cars from, on self-built cars. It has transformed it. There's no doubt about it. Tell me about coming back to the mountain and particularly bringing this car back to the mountain. Immediate smile on your face as I say that. Oh, look, it's, you know, it's the mountain. It's, it's always fun to come here. Um, you know, it's just a, it's a, an indescribable track to go across the top more than anything. You know, into the chase is a lot of fun, but going across the top on the limit is, is just the fun of this place in two concrete walls and testing yourself in the car. Treaded tyres as well. I mean, the blocks move around a bit. You, you, you're never going to get a car screwed down over here when you've got treaded tyres. No, and, uh, you know, new tyres this year. We've done, you know, some minimal testing, not enough. Um, some guys haven't tested at all, but the blocks on these ones do move a lot more than mm-hmm. what we ran last year. And, you know, it is concerning because we find in high-speed corners the car actually four-wheel slides. Yeah. And then when it's sliding, you're not in control. Yeah, yeah. And... Yeah. It looks great for us, though, I've got to tell you. It looks absolutely marvellous on the telly. I'm sure it does, but I don't, <laughs> I don't want to be sliding it into a wall across the top and, because I'm out of control. <laughs> um, you dust your mate Tim Lay off for a couple of races a year, and he's plug-and-play, isn't he? You push him in, push play, and he goes as quick as he ever has. He's a gun co-driver to have, isn't he? Oh, look, absolutely. You know, he's, he's raced at the top level in this country. Mm. Um, you know, he was a Formula Ford, Formula Holden mm. champion, Drove in V8 supercars. We caught up with one of your colleagues from Scotland at a Land Rover function we were both at and had a beer and that he co-drove here with in Brad Jones Racing. Mm-hmm. Um, look, he de- definitely crazy. We put him in, plug and play. Trying to get him to look after the tyres at the start of the weekend is a bit of an issue <laughs> because he wants to do that fast lap straight away. Does yeah. you mean he's only got one pace and it's absolutely <laughs> to the wall? It's absolutely flat out. I think two years ago in qualifying, he had the car on the grass across the top. Yep. And, uh, you know, we ended up on pole. We've started twice here from pole. It hasn't been good for us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, he, he, he has it on the limit every time he gets in. T- tell me about this car. In, a, in, a, in an era now where the paint schemes and the liveries get more and more leery because you can, because vinyl and stuff like that, you've got a dark blue car that is so dark blue and so shiny that actually in the sunlight it looks black. Why, why not? Why not a race scheme? It does look like something that you've just pulled out of a, a console game and and put a set of a set of race numbers on, as if it had just come out of Forza Motorsport. Well, it is actually the BMW colour for the car. This is the colour it was as a road car. I bought it as a wreck. Um, we talked about changing the colour, and everybody said they really like the colour, so we just left it the same and thought, why not? You know, it, it and it makes it easier for the boys over the pit lane to try and see who it is coming. Yeah. You know, if we make it white again, there's so many of them that are white and, and BM, so many BMWs in this race, you know, it makes it a bit hard for them to work out which one it is. So we just thought we'd leave it in the BMW standard colour. That's great. Uh, that is great. All right, so the, the Wilster problem you've learned from, from last year, what else did you learn from last year? You were doing pretty much everything all right other than that. So is it just a case of coming back and doing the same things again or has everything moved on? Uh, we, uh, we ran most of last year without power steering too. So the power steering was overheating. So Tim was feeling a little bit worse for wear on Monday when he uh, woke up. And, um, you know, that was just a, that was being a new car. That was development. So right. we, we've, we think we've learned that. We haven't had that issue again. 
Um, there are still some gremlins that creep in. You remember last year the car stopped at Tim? Yep. yep. Going up the hill. It stopped at Eastern Creek earlier this year in the first round of the National Series. It just does it occasionally. And normally with Tim at the wheel, too. <laughs> well, you can blame him. It's, it's, it's obviously something to do with his aura. Yeah, yeah I, I think he's 101% that he pushes it. You know. <laughs> well, wish you all your best this, this week. Yeah, enjoy it. That's a, I know you will. Thank you. To give it a step. Hey, the, the race has never been won from pole. It's no. a qualify second. Yeah, I'm thinking about not letting Tim qualify. That's the goal. There you go. I might send him to work. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, mate. Have, have a good one. So they're in the, uh, the last pit before pit out. Um, I mean, already, Creelsy, I'm getting the feeling that we're having a similar conversation now as we would have at the 12 hours because all of these categories actually are pretty much wide open. Oh, there's that BM just firing up. Fantastic. They're all, all of these categories are pretty much wide open and stick a pin in most of these yeah, most of these entry lists. Which is great, and, and that's what we want. Yeah, the, the M3 competition and the Sharon M4, so Berwick Linton, Tim Lay and the Sharon boys, they're the favourites, I think, both from an outright and A1 perspective. But the beauty of this place, as we know, is that you just throw all the balls in the air and see where they land. And when we get to 5.30 on Sunday afternoon, it could be someone very, very different. Uh, the, I lo- what I loved about this race last year and what was so different from so much of the motor racing that you and I watch is exactly what I was saying right at the, the start of our chat, uh, just uh, when we were bumping into JB there. You can't really race these cars flat out. This is, in some ways, it's proper endurance racing. Some people might say old school, some people might say old-fashioned, but it's not the worst for that no. because you've got to have that mechanical sympathy and get the car home. And like we talked about at the start, I think the field changes this year will bring more of that out. You, you and I talked in February about how the 12-hour was a real traditional old-school yeah, endurance yeah. race because we had record number of green laps, record number mm-hmm. of time between safety cars, all those boxes that we ticked, and it produced an unbelievably good, really pure motor race. Um, and I think a lot of that was down to we had less cars, mm-hmm. There were more depth in competition, and we had a better race. I think that's going to be the same this year. you still got that big spread between classes, but there's a few less in each one, which yeah. means that the the perilous moments you get when a Class A car, which will do 23s around here, catches a Class E car, which does 255s, mm-hmm. at the top of Mount Panorama doing warp 9, and as the full Hail Mary to get out of the way at a 200-kilometre-an-hour left-hand corner that is McPhillamy Park. Mm-hmm. There'll be less instances of that. Yeah, yeah, perfect. And I think that will provide a better motor race for everyone, not just us calling it, but the guys behind the wheel, because they won't have to drive with their head on a swivel stick all race, looking in their mirror, hopefully, and it means we'll get a better motor race. So I, I think it'll be a more natural race, more green flag running, and that's what we want to see. And that will bring out the production-based yeah things in this race which make it so good the unreliability the dramas the bits that break and and the fact that the drivers have are going to have to play a part in that as well and 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 modify mm. in the case of some of the pro pro drivers here mm. modify their attitude behind the wheel um it's setting into autumn uh, in this part of the world i've seen more leaves turning and more leaves on the ground than i think i even did this time last year Weather is going to be pleasant, but shouldn't really play a part? No, the forecast, as we speak, is uh, that it'll be low 20s for the whole weekend, 20 degrees C, probably 23 or 4 on Sunday. Bit of patchy cloud on Friday, but after that, just about perfect. I mean, have a look around. We're standing opposite Garage 4 now, uh, the top end of Pit Straight, just before Pit Exit. The banks around the circuit are bright green. The place looks amazing. We're looking at the Blue Mountains, the sun setting behind us. The high-tech oils bridge uh, front and centre in that amazing race control building. It's perfection. And, and No, hang on. There's something missing. What? A nice glass of Chardonnay. Well, I think we can probably rectify that at one of the many fine establishments <laughs> in Bathurst that it has to provide. For those of you listening in, in Europe, where I'm sure it's cold and dark at the moment, uh, you'd be more than welcome to come out and feast at any one of the marvellous places here. No, look, it's, um, it's a great place. Usually, I was a bit concerned that because Easter fell three weeks later this year than it did last year. And I thought about this time of year is when Bathurst starts getting those really cold nights. Mm. And I've been here at Easter where you rock up at the track and it's minus two and there's a bit of ice everywhere. So beautiful days, but really cold mornings. But overnight lows, sort of eight or nine degrees C, that's fine. It's not a problem. And it's just the stunning conditions. Check out the website for all the broadcast details. Of course, Creelsy and me will be getting overly excited about all of these cars going round in sound and vision as we talk to the world. It's also on telly here in Australia as well, where uh, on the network, which is the Fox Network yep. uh, this weekend, they promise no 
ads in green flag racing, yeah. I noticed. We're on air for six, hour, six and a half hours, ad break free, as you do. That's extraordinary stuff. Uh, it's going to be a cracker. Crazy, thanks very much, mate. Um, I'm going to go and do a bit of homework over, over an adult beverage. That'd be nice. I know a good place. Let's go. This programme is a Radio Show Limited production. Tell your friends there's more at RadioLeMond.com.